Hi, my name is Cassie, and I have a new life in Christ. And I came to Regent for my struggles with fear of rejection and abandonment. Hey, <laughs> I'm the oldest of five siblings with a 13-year gap between me and the youngest, and only 16 years between me and my mom. Well, actually, my stepmom, but to me, mom, because she's all I ever remembered, and an amazing one at that. I was three and my little sister one when my parents split up. And because my maternal mom did not want us, my father took us, something very unheard of in the 60s. We lived with my grandmother, who doted on and lived for my baby sister, and wanted nothing to do with me. I reminded her of my birth mother, who had cheated on my father. I remember spending a lot of time alone, playing with cats and dogs, and any little creatures with whom I might engage. They loved me unconditionally, and seemed to want to be around me, too. They're still my go-to when I isolate, another area I fall into. When my father remarried shortly after I turned four, we, came, we became the Brady Bunch of sorts, adding two new brothers, and suddenly we were a family of six, until seven years later, we became a family of seven. I share all of this because I was rejected by my birth mother and grandmother. Even though they were physically present, I didn't feel valued. My father's work led him to be away, sometimes months at a time, and his way of showing love was to provide for his family. This combination led to feelings of rejection and abandonment. I learned quickly that if I excelled and performed and aspired to be the perfect kid, perfect teen and young adult, and didn't cause any problems, I would be accepted and affirmed. Best student? Check. Best tennis player? Check. Vice president of the school? Check, check. And don't forget to throw in an extra helping of perfect Christian girl who didn't cuss, didn't drink, or do those really sinful things. <laughs> I was the kind person everyone came to for advice and encouragement. I wanted to make sure people felt good about themselves and never felt left out or rejected. I took that process into everything I did. I went, went even as far as to set up my college boyfriend, now my husband, with my sorority sisters when I would break up with him so he wouldn't be alone. <laughs> But all it would take was one comment or action or incident and all those waves of you're not wanted, you're not needed or valued would return and I would tell spin emotionally inside. I would then put on my big girl pants, place on a few more layers of insulation on those protective walls and forge forward to be even better at everything and maybe add a few more things for good measure. Through Regen, I realized that affirmation, acceptance, security, respect and people's opinion of me were at the core of my emotional baggage and turmoil. And the really big revelation, revelation, trust. Forget ever truly trusting anyone. That wall was really thick, and to this day, still a major part of my journey. No one was ever going to reject or make me feel unwanted again. These struggles and the other ones that seemed to grow from, from the regen list made me realize that trusting God and true intimacy with Him were huge stumbling blocks for me. If I couldn't trust humans that I could see, how could I possibly trust someone I couldn't see, especially when I was raised to see God as someone who punished me for anything I did wrong on earth, and the only way to right those wrongs were by an act of certain number of prayers or confessing inside the confines of a confessional. In step three, trust. I realized for the first time that I really didn't trust that God had sent his son to die for me, and that I saw him as a God who was out to get me for not being perfect and for all the sins I had committed. I had accepted Christ as my savior when I was a teenager, but I still thought I needed to perform to earn his love and acceptance. I felt like when things didn't go well, I was being punished, and I performed, acted, and spoke the way a good little Christian girl should, I would be accepted and loved not only by God, but everyone. Ephesians 2, four through five reads, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, 
even though we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In Hebrews 10, 12, it reads, But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins of all time, sat down at the right hand of God. And finally, Hebrews 10, 14, For by one offering he's perfected for all times those who are, those who are sanctified. Learning to trust God in this step was so freeing because for the first time, this church-going, perfection, and performance-driven believer actually believed that he died not only for past sins, but sins I'll commit today, tomorrow, and in the future. One cannot fathom the weight that was lifted and the freedom that I experienced from the realization. It was crazy amazing, and it only took 40 years from when I made Jesus my Savior. <laughs> I'm going to repeat, as I did in closed groups so many times, when asked, what did you learn about yourself and God this week? I would reply, he really does love me unconditional, unconditionally, and he isn't going anywhere, and he loves me so much that he sent his son to die for my sins, past, present, and future. Wow, just wow. And he loves all of us here tonight that much. So clearly, if you haven't picked up on it yet, my biggest takeaway when I went through, through region was, there's no question that I believe he loves me unconditionally with no strings attached, and I have him as my savior with no question of my salvation, and that one day I will meet him in heaven. This new understanding of the salvation I received as a teen is only part of the process. The problem is I wasn't letting God be, I was letting God be my Savior, but not my Lord. Understanding this truth in step three catapulted me into recognizing my fear of true intimacy. I mean, how can you truly be intimate with someone you cannot trust if you cannot trust them? Um, in step 11, intimacy, we seek to deepen our relationship with God daily and depend on his power to do his will. I have to be honest and tell you that I'm a work in progress in true intimacy with God. What if I allow myself to totally lean into him? Will he let me down, hurt me, or the ones I love? Will I be disappointed with his decisions? What if it's not the way I see it or planned it? God is working on me, on me and with me in this area. It's so easy for me to reach out to others, counsel them, love on them, and do anything others ask but don't get too close to me or try to do too much for me, being too busy for me, walking away or not wanting to engage with me because I don't want to experience possible rejection or worse. Yet I do the same thing with God in, this, the, in that I struggle with letting him get too close or develop true reckless, reckless intimacy with him. I can become stuck and I acknowledge that I am still a work in progress. I have found that being vulnerable and transparent, admitting my struggles to and with the various community groups that God has placed in me and my husband's, or my, and my husband's lives is another step towards gaining intimacy with my Heavenly Father. As I'm more transparent and let others in, I see that God has broken down so many of my walls, which then encourages others to do the same. Be it our peer community group, the young couples we mentor, our family, or the amazing group of women my co and I get to lead each Monday night here at Regen, here I'm admitting to all of y'all, I get stuck and I'm still working. I am still a work in progress in granting God lordship. That is so scary to say out loud, but it hasn't made anyone reject me, but has created an environment of trust and security into leaning into God. Then as I write and reflect, I'm reminded that we are all a work in progress and we all get stuck trying to do it our own way, controlling our lives or flat out ignoring the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Because if we are believers, we are being nudged. And if we aren't believers, God is using something or someone to get our attention so that we can see our need for him. So everyone in this room is stuck and also being nudged, which is so awesome. It just feels so good confessing to you all that I'm encountering this daily and it can be hard, discouraging, and sometimes suffocating. 
And then when I allow him to be Lord of these stuck areas, it becomes so freeing. It is taking longer than anticipated, but I recognize that all of my struggles are being used to bring me closer to putting him on the throne, being more intimate and open with him and doing it on a more consistent basis. It is a journey, not a destination. It is not easy, but allows me to lean on him, trust him, be intimate by devoting daily, praying and coming to him first. I'm content in knowing that he has and will continue to use my brokenness to glorify him. My name is Kathy. I have a new life in Christ. And while I continue to struggle in so many areas, I'm so very grateful for a God who will never reject me nor abandon me. And to him be the glory.